Hello and welcome to the Alcohol Free Vibes podcast, a high vibe space where we talk about all things spirituality, manifestation, raising our vibrations and walking away from the manifestation block that is alcohol. Whether you're newly sober, sober curious or you've been sober for a long time, this is the place for you if you want to learn more about spirituality, manifestation and how letting go of alcohol can make you so much more powerful at manifesting. It's time to stop drinking, start living, raise our vibrations and step into our manifestation power. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alcohol Free Vibes podcast. This week I just want to remind you that coming up very very soon is my collaboration workshop with the amazing Sarah Lawrence who is my Reiki teacher. So if you live um, near Manchester or in the Manchester area or within driving distance of Manchester and you would like to know more about alcohol and your energy system and how alcohol affects manifestation and your aura, then come to our deep dive immersive workshop. It's going to be on the 17th of July. Uh, The price is £55. It's a four hour workshop from 12 till four in Hale in Manchester. It's a lovely yoga studio called Yoga Inhale. Inhale Yoga, sorry. Um, I'm so excited about this. It's going to include yoga, meditation, and of course lots of learning and reflection and you'll get a lovely workbook as well to take away with you so that you don't forget any of the things that we teach you. So if you would like to come to this workshop, if you'd like to sign up, then you can send me an email at thrive at coachingbyannika.co.uk or actually the quickest way is just to go onto my Instagram and click the link in my bio and there's a direct link on my link tree to sign up for that workshop. Spaces are selling fast, there's only a few spaces left now, so get in there while you still can. And of course, as always, if you would like to sign up for one-to-one coaching with me, or if you'd like to sign up for my group coaching membership, if you'd like a more sustainable, lower cost option, then please send me an email at thrive at coachingbyannika.co.uk, remembering that Annika is spelt A-N-N-E-K-A. I hope you had a lovely weekend. I had such a nice weekend. I spent last night at a Marla making workshop. So I'm currently wearing my brand new <clears throat> homemade Marla bead necklace that I made with the lovely Sasha Ford. Uh, one of my yoga teachers so that was great such a nice mindful practice to do and I'm already planning all the mala beads I'm going to make for people for presents so uh, yeah expect them all soon friends Um, anyway in this week's interview I'm interviewing the lovely Hannah who is the founder of the Sober Butterfly Collective and we're going to hear all about her alcohol story and what led her to start up what I think is probably the biggest um, sober social um, organisation in the north of England, obviously apart from AA. Um, And yeah, she's really, really made a difference to the northern alcohol-free community 
um, and save people lots of money in train fares travelling down to London. <laughs> so without further ado, let's meet the lovely Hannah. <laughs> Hello, Hannah. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. I'm very excited to be here today. Yay, I'm excited to have you. <laughs> um, I'm going to get you warmed up uh, by asking you then, what are your top five favourite things about being sober? Oh, um, I think probably my top one is um, just knowing who I am and like being confident with that that's been one of the best things that I've sort of done over the last nearly three years just mm. getting to know who I am yeah. um without the sort of hazy fog and um probably my second thing is all the people I've met on the journey um yeah I just I love meeting new people hearing people's stories sharing experiences um that's definitely right up there um another thing I would say um yeah it's probably all the time (laughs) that I've got back um and the energy that I've got as well so um a lot of like fun activities that I've tried that I was I was adventurous before but I have even more time to do these fun things before uh, now sorry yeah um oh what else um um I think just how how much my life has probably progressed mm. um in that time um you know, I could never have imagined all the things that I have achieved in such a short amount of time. Um, and I definitely put that down to sobriety. Um, yeah, then, I feel like we process things so much quicker when we don't when we don't drink. Yeah, sorry, are we one more to go? Have I just jumped in on your quick- Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, one, one more thing. Um, oh, um... I'd say as well just like the opportunities that you get from being in the sober community Mm. so like it's just suddenly like you feel like you belong somewhere and everybody is so welcoming and um yeah I mean I kind of already touched on it but the people you get to meet but equally like the opportunities that arise because of that like here I am today talking on a podcast that I would never have done before had I not stopped drinking and, and been involved in this community so I love that and I completely agree with you about the community because so many people are put off sobriety because they think oh but it's like a lonely existence that they lose that people are scared about sober dating or you know how am I going to meet people and in my experience like the opposite is true it's just it's a great way to make friends hundred percent hundred percent and yeah that's definitely been one of my highlights I mean when I stopped drinking that was the one thing I said like it's not going to change my social life Mm. I've always been a social butterfly and I didn't want that to change just because I wanted to remove alcohol from it Mm. um 
and it definitely hasn't done that it's just increased my social life actually it's like doubled so, um, so this yeah. segues beautifully into um talking about your baby which is the saber butterfly collective um yeah. i can see where the names come from there already but um yeah talk to talk, take me through kind of where this idea started and and how how you developed it and what it is yeah so <laughs> um so I'll give a little bit of a backstory, I suppose, to yeah. my uh, to my journey. So I um, worked in hospitality uh, since the age of being fourteen, um, which uh, when I sort of got to being sort of like twenty four, I ended up running a pub. I was a living manager mm-hmm. uh, for a few years, and um, eventually, when I left there and I got out of the hospitality industry, I was, I guess, just really unhappy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, um, I did actually carry on drinking for about a year after I left the industry, um, but I just felt like I had a void. Put it that it's the best way to describe it. Um, that I needed to fill somehow you know I I have a lot of friends I have friends from uni from school from traveling from college from like all sorts of places and I always was busy doing things but I still felt like you know I had friends who all have kids and they're married or they've their lives had moved on but mine had kind of felt like it was a bit stuck while it was bit while I was in hospitality yeah um and I kind of just had all this free time (laughs) when I came out of the industry uh, to feel like I'd never had evenings free I'd never had weekends free and um so I kind of like went on a bit of a hunt I suppose for like new friends that I could do things with in those in that time yeah um I actually joined um CrossFit because a friend did CrossFit Oh yeah. Um, and I just really was attracted to the community aspect of it. Yeah. It wasn't so much the like actual <laughs> physical side of it, but I just wanted to be part of of what felt like a I suppose like a community and a family. Yeah. Um yeah. but I'll be honest, it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in this time, um I this was when I kind of decided to stop drinking. So I just felt like I was really unhappy and mm. um, something needed to change. And I wrote down, um, I got a notebook. Yeah. And I wrote down all the things that I wanted to change in my life. Uh, so from really like small habits to big life goals. And on one of many, many lists, I wrote down limit alcohol. Mm. And um when I actually reflected on that I realized that that was like one of the main things that was holding me back from everything else on this list so you know why I didn't have time money motivation energy to do all the things that I wanted to do um so yeah I decided to sort of like put that well I I knew I needed to cut it out basically Mm. I couldn't just moderate I couldn't go from like drinking most evenings um to not drink you know just basically being a mindful drinker I needed to just cut it out yeah um so this was in the time that I was doing the CrossFit thing so I went to a cross my first ever sober night out was um a CrossFit social so I went on a night out (laughs) with sober with um, strangers who were all talking about things I had nothing 
I didn't really have that much in common with in the sense of they were all talking about wads and I was like what even is a wad <laughs> so I know now it's a workout of the day <laughs> um but I managed it and I stayed out till like midnight and you know I battled through it and I thought if I can do this I can do anything yeah. but I need to find my people like these aren't my people mm. um so that's sort of like when I found Sober Instagram and like Millie Gooch and Sober Girl Society yeah. and um but everything at the time felt like it was down south mm. um so it was all sort of London this was like 2019 when I stopped and then Millie hosted a bottomless boozeless brunch in Manchester yeah and I was six weeks sober at the time and I was like I've just got to go bought a ticket and went along and was in a room of like 30 other like-minded women that were all there for like different reasons you know different ages and I just felt like I belonged it was just it was just an incredible feeling like at the time I never intended to stop drinking long term it was just I'm doing sober October I'll see how it goes and then when I went there it just changed my whole perspective um and so yeah that was where the idea (laughs) for sober butterfly was born basically um because I wanted to create something that was in the north um for people that was very similar you know meetups um and it was I was called a social butterfly from all of my friends so I was like well I want to be a social butterfly but I just want to be a sober one yeah Um, I love how you had that feeling when you arrived at Billy Gucci's bottomless brunch of like it's like your identity like became clear to you um yeah and uh, you know um is it Johan Harry that says the opposite of addiction is connection and what you got there you got that connection and that, that so that was like a light bulb moment when you were like oh, I, I don't think I want to drink now I think I'm done was that the moment? Yeah. yeah it was like I never expected that like it was yeah. so nerve-wracking walking into that room that's like strangers you go alone you don't know what to expect obviously you know we all think like if you if you're kind of wanting to give up alcohol, you go to AA and everybody sort of notoriously thinks you sit there and you go around in a circle and you say, hi, I'm Hannah, I'm an alcoholic. And I didn't identify in that uh, sort of that way, Mm. but I knew I needed to change my relationship with alcohol. That's what I felt was my sort of like mission, I suppose. Yeah. Um, And and yeah, it just, it grew. I sat across from a lady that was, um, from Leeds I'm from Halifax and we were like there's just nothing like this up north we need something like this up north and I um, had gone to uni in Manchester and I was the chairwoman of the dance society so I was used to organizing like big groups of women and going on nights out or hosting events and things like that so I was like well I'm happy to organize a brunch or I'm happy to organize us going to a yoga class and um so that's that's where it all began really that's amazing and when was that Hannah so that was November 2019 when I went to um the bottomless brunch so that is a like a good a good period of time so since then um what's how has the Sabre Butterfly Collective grown and developed and I suppose it morphed quite a lot during lockdown right (laughs) 
yeah definitely so yeah we we started out as um, just an Instagram group chat which was formed from me posting the day after um the brunch just to find people that live locally to Leeds and it sort of blew up Uh, my phone just went crazy so we we set up a group um and then that kind of um just developed by itself it wasn't an actual thing at the time it was an idea in my head but it was growing and then um so about six months in was probably yeah when lockdown sort of mm. um happened and during lockdown the group just kept growing and growing and we ended up with two groups and that's when I was like there was over 60 people and I was like okay this needs to be something a bit bigger than just a group chat that's getting a bit crazy yeah um and yes I decided to make it as an Instagram page and then during lockdown we hosted some virtual socials to keep people connected so obviously with that people could kind of join from wherever they lived in the world um we set up a run a virtual running club um in 2021 January of 2021 um and we had people from America join that you know we were a group chat that just all supported each other to get outdoors um when we couldn't actually socialize um we did sort of uh yoga classes online we did hypnotherapy stuff we did um we did a boozeless bingo um And through zoom <laughs> um it was just around connecting people and yeah. then um summer of last year we started hosting uh, real life events yeah and yeah. um they were all sort of based in the north which is obviously because i'm based i'm based in halifax mm-hmm. and i started to feel the pull of like people were traveling quite far to come to the meetups yeah. and i thought this isn't going to be sustainable mm-hmm. long term um you know it was amazing that people were coming from Newcastle somebody came from Essex like Birmingham yeah Manchester Liverpool um but you know that was not going to be able to be long term so that's when I kind of felt I had to come up with an idea that helped those people that felt alone in their cities or their towns um how they could be involved with us but maybe grow their own groups like locally yeah so that's when um I came up with curious coffee catch-ups so we launched those in October last year um and the idea is that someone in the area is is kind of nominated I suppose as a butterfly buddy yeah um so our whole sort of like ethos is just around friendship um we just want to provide connection and opportunities to come and find people to be friends with and do fun things with um so yeah we have a butterfly buddy that um on the second saturday of every month so the same day and at the same time so 10 o'clock we host like a coffee morning across the country um so we just book a table in a cafe it's not you know our set a separate room we just look normal um and we all yeah meet and have a coffee and a chat and just feel part of something bigger I suppose that you know whether three people meet in Scarborough or 30 of us meet in Leeds Mm. we're all part of of something so much bigger because we're all doing it at the same time and on the same day I think that's amazing and I completely that that feeling of being a part of something bigger 
for me is just massive um yeah in terms of my own sobriety like I I've I've been sober before and then not stuck with it because like 10 years ago they just didn't there wasn't this sober alcohol wonderful alcohol free world and I didn't have an identity and um you know neurolinguistic programming uh what's it called the neurological levels of change like explains Mm. how identity is so key for behavior change and what you're creating is something that's giving people sustainable behavior change people have an identity feel like you're part of something important something big something special um it's I mean, we're tribal creatures, right? We need this. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. And I think that's the thing that you know, when people start to think about, you know, breaking up with booze, what whether it's long term, short term, whatever their goal is, the the thing that holds a lot of people back is the fact that they think that they're going to lose friends, their social life's not going to be the same, you know, they're going to get called boring, and that life's just not going to be the same and that's what I really try to sort of show and prove that that doesn't have to be the case you know granted yes you so your circles probably will change to some degree that's you know unfortunately part of life and you know we can't always control other people's reactions I suppose um I would also say that but actually it's a wonderful process that we should embrace because, you know, as you say, like friends come and go, they do come and go throughout our lives as do boyfriends. And it's a part of the natural ebb and flow of life. And, um, but every time we let someone go, we create a vacuum and someone else comes in. Right. And the thing that I've loved about this whole experience is the people who are really, really, your really true friends. They don't go anywhere. <laughs> And then the people who weren't actually bringing as much value as you thought, or maybe you've just not got so much in common anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, as they kind of stop, as you stop hanging out with them quite so much, you just create room for all these more aligned people who come in and like light your life up with magic and inspire you and get you into new yeah. things. So it's, yeah. I think it's something that some people are, are, can be quite scared of, but when, when you've gone through like a couple of years of sobriety, you can look back and go, Oh, all the wonderful people I have in my life now because I'm so yeah I mean I'm very I and I know I am very lucky and very fortunate that my friendships haven't changed I think like a lot of my like you know friends from school and college and uni have have supported me and but they're not in my life like every single week we might see each other every few months or a couple of times a year because of distance we all live in different places now and I felt like I needed people like you say that like aligned with my life right now and so when I looked on that sort of like list of things I wanted to try and do and I'd never tried yoga before before I stopped drinking it was always something that I thought I'd love to do I didn't really know anybody that would want to come and do that with me but I did actually sit my da- myself down and have a bit of a, a moment and go, why can't you just go to a yoga class by yourself, Hannah? Like, <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to be a shared experience. It's not something that you have to do with a best friend. Um, but when I sort of created Sober Butterfly and I started to do yoga with other people that I just felt wanted to be there and and it was it was such a different experience like my first experience of yoga was 
um, I went to like a council gym. It was part of my membership and it was in a big hall. There was no atmosphere. It was just very flat. Yeah. <laughs> um, whereas now I've hosted yoga classes through Sober Butterfly and they're just magic. Yeah. Like the energy yeah. in the room is just, it's such a different vibe. Um, and, you know, the sharing circles at the end of them are just so powerful. And yeah. Amazing. That's so cool. Um, so with I love that you mentioned that, you know, that having that pep talk with yourself when you're like, why can't I just go to a yoga class on my own? Um, <laughs> and actually, in my experience, like when we go on a sober journey, we kind of it's about healing, isn't it? And it's about making best friends with yourself again. And it's about listening to yourself mm. again instead of drowning, drowning yourself out with with the drink um, in on in on your journey of, of, of being alcohol free um did you notice like any any big shifts you know what were your biggest shifts because you started listening to yourself or what was your experience of listening to yourself um yeah so I I didn't used to spend very much time by myself so I've always kind of I keep busy I, I mean I'm still very much the same however I have learned to appreciate time by myself now so I'll take myself out on dates like that's huge I would never have done that before like go for brunch by myself oh well I mean you start out by going for coffee by yourself and then I've gone for like brunch or like dinner and like dating myself has been so much fun um but I'd have yeah that that took quite a quite a long time to sort of like sit into that um that's okay. what I'm hearing with that so this is my theory about um extroversion and introversion so I have this theory um with my friend who's a psychotherapist and she's like oh I like this theory I agree but have you heard of the term ambivert no the ambivert is when you're a bit of both a bit of an extrovert and a bit of an introvert okay. and I have this theory that in our most healed state we're all ambiverts and that we kind of move to the end of the spectrum when there's this, you know, we've just got certain like traumas that we need to heal. We all have like childhood trauma that we need to heal, etc. cetera. Um, and I, in my experience, everyone, when they talk about their extroversion or their introversion, when they go sober, they either say, oh, I'm so much more extroverted than I realise, or I'm so much more introverted than I realise. Wherever we were sitting on the spectrum, we like managed to move further towards the middle. And I'm like, yes, that's because you're healing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I mean, I think part of that was forced because of of lockdown you know I was six months in when lockdown sort of happened and you know I, I did have to sit and learn to be by myself and spend time and enjoy my own company mm. um but um and I yeah the healing side of things I have have gone through like therapy I've gone through like lots of different sort of like versions of coaching because I, I know that to be the best sort of like version of myself, I do have to do that work and I do have to do some healing. And the the start of it for me was sobriety. Um, you know, I, I was that unhappy that I was like at the point where I was like, I have to do something about it. And I considered therapy at the time, but I mean, I can reflect easily on it now. That would have been the worst thing to do in the state that I was in then because I would have gone to a therapy session and then I would have gone home 
and cracked open a bottle of wine. And I would not have, you know, really let the effects of that sort of work happen. I would have just tried to numb it again. Yeah, you have to kind of be comfortable with being uncomfortable, don't you? You have to be strong enough to sit with those emotions and be like, okay, these, in my experience, like uncomfortable emotions, when you let them be, are healing. When you let them really work their way through your system, um, it's because we're not repressing them. Um, but yeah. so, let's just go back to sort of your when you started your alcohol free journey. So, um, what was your experience like of being a drinker, and and what what really was the kind of uh, light bulb moment when you just thought I can't do this anymore? Um, so, I guess I was the typical from fourteen drinking on a park, going to house parties. Then I went through college. Then I went to uni so as I said that the drinking culture at uni is obviously huge and when you're on a sports society it is even bigger um and then when I left uni um I went traveling so I went to Australia so you're a backpacker you continue to drink yeah you work in hospitality it's still the norm every single day Mm. um And then when I came back from traveling, again, I carried on working in hospitality. So for me, like drinking, I had the binge drinking side that I did with the friends. Um, I also had the drinking after work because that was your social life when you work in hospitality. And then I also had the, the days off, you know, your days off drink on the sofa type, you know, my mum drink is a home drinker. Mm. Um, so I'd, go and share a bottle of wine with my mum on the sofa so for me my drinking was just like a constant cycle and it wasn't that I was getting drunk every single day it was just alcohol was just part of my everyday um and it wasn't until I left the hospitality industry that that's when I kind of like saw it for what it was whereas when I was in it you know there was always somebody to drink with there was always a reason to drink when you especially when you run a pub um so you know I carried on drinking for the sort of like year after I left um the pub but I would say I had a very very boozy summer just before I stopped drinking um I went on like my first Hindu um and we went abroad to Barcelona and it was just three days of constant drinking and I kind of remember being there and like looking in the mirror one of the nights and just thinking like you you can't keep doing this like I didn't um I didn't quite recognize the girl that was looking back at me in the mirror um I just felt so lost and like I was just on this hamster wheel I think they just had to kind of like keep going and this is what you do and this is this is how things are this is um and then I think my last uh, my last hangover was sort of the first weekend in September of 2019 um and I played catch up basically some friends had been out all day um I'd been somewhere then I had to go to like an opening um, like launch party or something and then I went and joined them mm. and I just played catch up and I was still sat around the kitchen table at six o'clock in the morning yeah and I was yeah. like no this this is not okay anymore like you've got a really good job and 
like you're not in hospitality anymore this is not the life you need to sort of strip this back um and I'd take that sort of like that that was the day that was my last hangover at the beginning of September and I feel like the following sort of like three weeks I like broke up with booze I feel like I was going through that like breakup process it wasn't instant then it was like okay this isn't quite working for me anymore like and every sort of like drink I had after that so I never had more than three drinks in the next like following couple of weeks um and then the last drink I had um it coincided with me basically moving out of uh, rented accommodation that I wasn't very happy in um and I had a gin and tonic with my mum to celebrate that I was moving out and I didn't even finish it oh really uh, yeah I was it was like I'd just gone completely off it um and I suppose that's potentially why for me personally I haven't quite had the same temptations or like the wine which hasn't like pulled me in too much in the last few years because I think I had that that breakup where I'd got to the point where I just didn't like the taste that's amazing so it I mean when I'm working with clients I always work on the debunking any belief that you have that alcohol provides any benefit whatsoever and as soon as you've unpicked those you're good to go but it sounds like you were doing that organically yourself till the point you got to the point where you're like I can't even finish this glass yeah like I didn't know that that's what I was doing I don't think like I don't think at the time but that is just what happened and I literally closed the door on that house moved out and I haven't had a drink since. And how um, that? So that was the 27th of September, 2019. You know what's so, so yeah, funny? Maybe. 27th is my day of the month that I stopped drinking for the last time. No way! Yeah. I was the 27th of November though, but obviously that means that, you know, we're really aligned and we're meant to be friends. Obviously, yeah, 100%. <laughs> That's just telling us something. I don't know about you, but I've also found that the 27 number 27 it keeps popping up in my life I didn't realize that I also gave up smoking on the 27th of July until I checked my app I was like oh that's weird and then I booked my flight mm. to move back to Dubai on the 27th of July the next year and yet yeah, number 27 just keeps being a big day well I was actually 27 as well at the time <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. I yeah, I was 27 and I stopped on the 27th. I know so many people who stopped drinking a lot older than that who would be so jealous that you worked this out at the age of 27. <laughs> I do get that quite a lot. I do get comments that say, like, I can't believe that you figured that out. And I was like, yeah, but trust me, I put a good shift in for over a decade. <laughs> I know, I feel the same. I'm like, I... I um as we were talking before the podcast about you know the ladette culture of the 90s and yeah it's identifying oneself as being one of the boys is not helpful and, and being quite a competitive person is not quite very helpful when it comes to not drinking too much alcohol <laughs> uh, and I think like I probably thought I was invincible because I didn't really get hangovers yeah me too I so I'd... yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think I was probably the same. So I didn't get the like typical hangover. So mm. I didn't get like the nausea. I didn't get the 
the headaches. Yeah. I mean, probably partly because I couldn't because I had to get up and work the next day and just had to work through it, whether I was drinking a Red Bull or a coffee or, mm. or whatever. And I think if you make yourself get up, the first hour or so is difficult, but then if you can get through that, you can, whereas a lot of people kind of like stay in bed and wallow in it and yeah. like kind of let that, that anxiety take over. Um, but I didn't even, I'd never even heard of anxiety until um, probably, it was around the time that I stopped drinking and it was an article that I actually, that got shared in one of like my group chats with my friends who all still drink, but one of them shared it and said oh my god have you read this like this is me um and I read it and it was like a light bulb moment I was like oh my gosh that is what I have (laughs) suffered with for for years because it was never the next day Mm -hmm. it was the days after it was the creeping in and it was the the things that you don't associate with that that are from alcohol but it's the feeling anxious to like answer the phone or reply to texts and things like that because you're worried what you might have done or said or this is why I think alcohol um creates like a false reality because it makes us so anxious and affects our mental health but we we believe that we need to drink because we're anxious but it's like no 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 the alcohol's made you anxious just leave it for a while and you'll bob back up to where you should be on the mood yeah. graph and you'll you'll feel better yeah. again but yeah I mean yeah. I am um, for me like just I never really felt ill so much I mean sometimes if you were like really really hungover I'd feel like drained like there's an energy mm. I could feel there was no energy in my body like I used to say I feel like a piece of my soul's missing when I was hungover but um yeah the, the, the anxiety oh I don't miss that anymore. I'm very happy to say I don't. Yeah. Um, Well, I think like, oh, sorry. No, carry on. (laughs) Um, I was just going to say that, um, oh, one second. It's telling me. One sec. Is that your laptop? Yeah, sorry. It was literally about to I thought it was on charge. Um, yeah, the um, we all sort of like think that it's a confidence crutch as well. Like I know when I sort of stopped, I thought, oh gosh, how am I going to like go out and dance and, you know, talk to new people without alcohol? Mm. Um, and actually it is just such a mindset thing. Like if you kind of can let go of that, um, one of my, you know, my first month I went to like an Oktoberfest um, event and everybody was getting up on the tables and dancing with the steins and I was sat there with my pint of lemonade and I was like, I look like the wild one out here if I don't get up and dance on the table. So I got up and nobody was looking at what I was doing nobody cared they were in their own world concentrating probably on not falling off the table and doing that and sort of like real that realization I was like oh actually yeah if I can do this I think I can probably do most things Mm -hmm. 
there's something so, so liberating about doing things like that when sober like I remember getting in a shopping trolley and just thinking this is so fun I'm sober and I can still do <laughs> ridiculous things like get in a yeah. trolley and be pushed along by my friend <laughs> and you just you remember it and you remember that feeling as well that that's created whereas you know I've been to so many things that you relive the next day through your phone through yeah. your videos through your photos I went to Spice Girls uh, that summer just before I stopped mm. I don't remember a single thing of the Spice Girls except the videos that I've got of, the, of it we got we did a bottomless brunch before then we um, went to Dirty Martini and it was full of people going to the concert and we started a conga through the bar and that is the last thing that I remember I don't remember the rest of it. And, you know, you, you spend so much money to go to these amazing experiences and then you just get carried away and, and don't actually remember it. You're not that present. Yeah. And then, yeah, socialising when you're alcohol free is just so wonderful. You're really, really there. I love it. And I love that you have headed up this, the, the Northern Front for the, the sober um the sober collective with the sober butterfly collective um i'm sure loads of people listening are thinking omg i need to get involved so can you um <laughs> just uh let us know where people can find you online so they can come and join in these events yeah of course so we're um just mainly on instagram yeah. uh so uh, sober butterfly collective on there um we do have uh, a website as well it's more of a blog uh, at the minute so you can go read a, a couple of stories on there um and, and that's sort of it we do we do have um like a newsletter as well so we don't send it out as frequently at the minute I think we started it and uh, because of COVID and the extended restrictions um, everything kind of we always have to keep kind of like changing things last minute so uh, we will be restarting that again soon so that people can keep up with our meetups and events um, across the country. Amazing well thanks so much for coming on today Hannah it's been great to talk to you and I hopefully I'll see you at an event soon. Yeah thank you for your time. Yeah, thanks. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to me today. If you would like to have the chance of winning a free one-to-one coaching session with me, then I'd love it if you could leave me a five-star review. All you need to do is take a screenshot of the review and send it to me at thrive at coachingbyannika.co.uk and I would love to connect with you. If you would like to connect with me further and you'd like to download my free guide, then please go to my website and you can do that and you'll be added to my mail list. Or if you would just like to book in a free discovery call with me, then you can do so via my email address or through my website. All of these links will be in the show notes. And I hope you have a wonderful, magical sober week. And I will see you this time next week.